0: That was a lovely meditation. Um, really interesting. Our topic is fear, right? Fear as a doorway, a dormitory. Door. During the meditation, I live, uh, we live in uh, Blake County, which is just, just above uh, where the fires are now, in uh, Napa and Calistoga, and, um, and so we had a rattlesnake. Yeah, rattlesnake out here, and I have, um, I have pets, so, um, we had this, uh, this bit of panic took over me, and, um, I just had to go and deal with the rattlesnake, such is life. Um, so, yes, um, fear, um, so we have these uh, these themes here in Mahasanga, and um, and I think we're looking at Dharma doorways and doorways into the Dharma. Um, uh, many of us um, come to Dharma um, through different means, different ways, and um, and we we. Um, we enter understanding or we have um, different awakenings, mini awakenings, you know, small ones, large ones, whatever they are, through different ways. And so these are doorways, Dharma doors. And so Donald and I received fear. And for me, you know, that looking at fear as a doorway, um, it's because we, um, through fear, we have the opportunity to move, um, into fearlessness or, um, to courage. Um, sometimes I call, um, the warrior's heart or just an open heart, right? An openness, an open way to be. Um, do you ever find yourself, uh, contracted or just wrapped around, um, could be anxiety or, um, in a larger sense, some type of fear, something that is causing a contraction. And as soon as we just open to it, just open, um, it vanishes, right? We just allow it to wash over us or almost just go through us. And that openness, that is um, that warrior's heart. That, that fearlessness, that is that place where we find um, courage. So fearlessness is an opportunity, or fear is an opportunity to move toward fearlessness. Or sometimes um, I see a, a fearlessness as equanimity. We can find equanimity um, through fear through working with our fear and a greater sense of equanimity. Um, I guess there can be um, a distinction uh, between fearlessness and courage. Um, and that, uh, you know, this could be, um, uh, you know, up to, up to you to define. But sometimes I think that courage is um, um, sort of moving or turning toward fear. Um, um, You know, having the presence of fear and and turning toward and moving through um, regardless of that, that presence opening to. Fearlessness You know, is it just the absence of fear? You know, when do we experience true fearlessness? Um, You know, sometimes I think of maybe a mother um, with her child or um, a lioness or something, you know, just absolutely fearless. Um, I think of times in my childhood when perhaps I was fearless, you know, when I acted without fear. Um, I think of uh, jumping bikes. You know, we had a, a, a teacup. I don't know if you know what those are. Um, uh, we, we lived, we backed up to uh, a state park. And um, and so there were uh, lots of dirt paths and, and all the neighborhood kids would go there and jump bikes. And so, you know, um, of course, me being my little rough and tumble self, um, you know, uh, got a few bangs and, and bruises and scrapes and uh, bike wrecks because I uh, foolishly, you know, would do these these things without caution, without, without thinking, just uh, moving forward. And so, um, you know, with experience, um, you know, we we gain caution and um, experience, and wisdom, and and sometimes fear will arise, and it takes courage to move through that. Um, So here we are in these um, very interesting times, Um, and it feels like every time when I check in, with myself around what's happening, it feels like I'm moving through these different stages, you know, these different stages of uh, fear or contraction and, or courage or fearlessness. And, um, every time it's a little bit different. So how do we ride... These waves, the um, current circumstances, and, and keep our sanity. You know, how can we um, uh, cultivate um, a sense of uh, of, of, of fearlessness? Um, um, you know, when uh, when fear is arising, when contraction. Um, is there um and so when I think about that moving through or that sense of fearlessness it's like a sense, it's like a, a kind of meeting the moment um for what it is and um sometimes we say cultivating a wise relationship um to what's happening, you know, whatever that means. What's a wise relationship? And uh, and sometimes I think of um, softening, softening my grip around um, um, expectation or outcomes, and um, and just opening to things as they are. Um, So we're in these um, incredibly um, just different times. You know, when I wake up every morning, I don't know what to expect. And uh, so, even in these times, can we can we cultivate this relationship, this wise relationship uh, among the tithes um, we have this um, profound opportunity uh, for practice. That's what it is. Um, here we are um, amidst changing circumstances, constantly changing, and I keep hearing the Buddha's mantra, right? That we remain open and adaptive um, amidst the change. Um, and yet, um, there is this sense of uncertainty that pervades. And it's interesting, um, I've noticed this about myself, um, how we tend to reference the past, um, to gauge the future to try and better understand our present. um, so what's unique about this moment is that perhaps for the first time, for many of us, um, you know, things are are really uncertain. We can barely discern um, just a few feet in front of us, and uh, aside from life's usual ups and downs, um, the future seems completely. Um, at least for me, um, it's completely unknowable and, uh, and uncertain. And so it's been difficult to ascertain really just what to do next, um, in life, how to make plans, what plans should be. Um, and so it's interesting because it's all about right now, right? All we can do is to be with what's here and to be with what's in front of us. And I think it's an interesting place. Um, so meeting the moment, um, with all of this uncertainty and change around us, um, and when there is the quality of, of fear, um, in the air and, uh, what follows fear at times is a bit of contraction. And, um, and this is where the heart becomes, um, contracted, and we sometimes become protective. And, um, and when people are afraid, well, you know, our fear, sometimes it can come out sideways. You know, we, we have all of these, um, uh, different ways that it manifests, you know, so we might see, um, uh, manifest in um, heightened emotions, like anger or, uh, more fear, we're cleaning, you know, we'll see us um, hoarding resources or, um, you know, all of these different things that we do, we turn toward me, right, to protect, um, and so when we're facing this kind of uncertainty, um, you know, it can't arise, I was, um, gonna be quick here, um, I've been listening to different talks um, online, and I was listening to the Dalai Lama not too long ago. And um, at the time, I was particularly mired in my own um, I was suffering and fear around just my own uncertainty. You know, what am I doing? What's going to happen? You know, what shall I do with my life? How do I make my life secure? How do I secure my family? Um, and um, so just consumed with, you know, these thoughts. And I turn on the Dalai Lama, and um, his words kind of cut through to me, you know, as if he was speaking directly to me. And he says, he says, Karuna, you know, ahimsa, not me, me, me. Karuna is um, compassion, ahimsa, non-harming. You know, we need to focus on no self. We need to study and practice continuously, is what he said. He said, we need to Reduced negative emotions and increased positive emotions. And he said, to get serious about it. So when we get out of our heads, you know, spinning around, running around in circles, worrying about me, things change. And instead, can we move toward the heart and and explore um, uh, what it's like? to concern ourselves with others, maybe to turn, uh, turn and soften, soften that relationship. Cultivate, cultivate that wise relationship to fear. I'm going to leave you with one story. This is a con. This is a, a book of poems that I have. I'm going to read it to you. This is around um, fearlessness. And uh, this is from a book called The Hidden Lamb. And uh, this is um, stories from 25 centuries of awakened women. And I'm going to read you a poem. And I'll just read it to you. It's pretty short. And it's called A Shun's Deep Thing. Ishu um, was a nun at the monastery of Saijoji. The abbot of Saijoji wanted to send a message to the abbot of the great temple of Engakuji, which was known for the rough treatment of outsiders. None of the monks from Saijoji dared to go, only Ishu was willing to volunteer. When the Engakuji monks saw her walk through the main gate, one of them rushed forward, raised his robes to expose himself, and said, This monk's thing is three feet long. How about it? Ishun calmly lifted her robes, spread her legs, and said, This nun's thing is infinitely deep. She dropped her robes and continued, down the corridor unaccosted. So he shoots deep in. So she just drops her robes completely and just um, sort of gives over the thing that he would dare to take from her. She's open. And still, that's that opening, that moving through. Um, and her Thing is infinitely deep her womb is the place from which all life comes from which all things emerge and I just love um, the fearlessness in that story so um, our difficulties can be a resource just by acknowledging fear we have the. You know opportunity to become fearless. And I will leave it there. And uh, Donald um, is going to speak some more about investigating fear.
1: Yeah. Um, Thank you so much, Cyrus. Uh, It's uh, quite a story. And thanks. Thanks for Mm -hmm. uh, all the different points you made. Um, I want to begin before I explore fear more, Uh, I wanted to invite people who don't have their video on and are comfortable uh, with their video on. I love to uh, see people as I talk. And if there's a reason not to have the video on, of course, that's fine. But if you're okay with it, uh, it uh, has things for me a little more alive. So I can see you. It's something actually pretty interesting with uh, Zoom, of being able to see people and see people's faces see you know close to 25 faces uh, which i can see even better than if we were in person sometimes so thank you Uh, so i want to uh, continue with some of the themes that uh, sarah brought up and uh, i've structured this in terms of talking about three themes and for each of the themes I'm going to tell a personal story and I'm also going to show either um, uh, an artwork or read a poem for each of the themes. That's my, that's my plan. Um, and so the uh, first theme is being mindful of fear, investigating fear. And I'll probably give most of my uh, time with this first theme, and, but I'll, I'll, I'll go into three themes. And so uh, there's a way that uh, our mindfulness practice can help us to be present to fear and actually get interested in it. There's something about uh, our practice when we develop curiosity and interest, even in something like fear. It shifts things. You know, fear usually is paralyzing, right? When we actually can be mindful and get interested, explore, study, uh, something happens. And this is not easy. There's there's a line I like from uh, the poet William Butler Yeats. He said, to look at oneself unflinchingly takes more courage than a soldier on a battlefield to really look at oneself unflinchingly. And I was thinking also of the uh, the, um, uh, Iranian uh, Sufi poet Hafez. Some of you may know this one. He says, this really points to the direction we're going working with fear, much like uh, Sire was saying, fear is the cheapest room in the house. I'd like to see you in better living conditions. Okay, fear is the cheapest room in the house. I'd like to see you in better living conditions. And one of the main ways that we transform fear is by studying it. So I don't know if you can see the logo. I, have a, I brought a poster which, which sits in my study. And I'll show this to you right now. You can sort of see it. And you see in the heart area, this is from the Bread and Puppet Theater uh, from Vermont, originally, I think, from New York. And how many of you know the Bread and Puppet Theater? Yeah, very, very wonderful. They've been around since the 60s, I think. They have a lot of the large puppets, which one can see at demonstrations. And this was one of their performances. It was called, you can read what's in the heart area, The Study or the the Story of One Who Set Out to Study Fear. The Story of One Who Set Out to Study Fear. So, you know, um, that's us, right? For our practice, we inevitably study fear. So I want to give some suggestions for how we can really be with fear, be mindful of it. And it's very important to have an initial guideline for being with fear, which I think is generally true of our practice, which is to know the... uh, level of intensity of what's there. I like to use the Olympic divers scale of 1 to 10. And know if the fear is 9 or 10, and maybe it's connected with trauma or something, that may not be workable. When that's the case, we try to get out of the situation. But if we can, we want, when something is in the workable range, then we can be mindful, then we can explore it, then we can, then we can study it. And, you know, when we, when we come to, when we come to practice, we get a sense, among other things, of what the fears are that are there. Some of them are more obvious, and there are also fears that are beneath the surface, that we may only discover at certain times. You know, I know for myself, One of the fears which I found in my uh, practice, after I think about 10 years, my mind had quieted enough, and I found, when I looked really closely, that there was a pretty subtle but quite strong fear of the present moment. In other words, I had a certain conditioning to control the present moment. Anyone relate to that? I think it's quite common, right? And uh, so what I found when I got to a certain level of quietness, I could feel just this, again, this fear of even being with the present moment. It was striking. I was surprised. It was actually exciting to see. It was, it was okay to work with because uh, I could see the ridiculous quality of it also, right? And, and could work with that. And so there are other fears which are sometimes hard to see. Maybe the fear of death is maybe there with all of us, but it's often beneath the surface where it's influencing how we are. But at certain times, fears appear right there. And I wanted to tell you about one uh, retreat experience I had where I was basically afraid and could be mindful of it for seven days in a row Almost fifteen hours a day, luckily, it was in the workable range, or I might not be here, <laughs> right, but it was workable, and I got to study over and over again fear manifesting in my mind, and it was hopeful that I was at a retreat because there was a lot of support, but it was still hard right and and what you know what did i I discovered so much because again we when we study fear, we see what the content of the fear is, you know. Uh, What I found was that very important, and this relates to what Syra is saying, fear is actually never about the present moment. It's always about the future. I saw that really, really clearly. All the fears I had were not about the present moment. And when I could relax into the present moment, there actually wasn't the same fear. And a lot of what happened was that my mind got caught in a narrative, in a story that I repeated over and over and over again. I think they're very familiar, right, to most of us. So one of the characteristics of fear is that these stories get repeated over and over again. But I got to see, you know, what I was afraid of. So part of our exploration of fear is what are we afraid of? Pain, loss, um, Actually, when they do polls, the thing most people are afraid of the most is public speaking. Anyone relate to that? And I was kind of an introverted kid. When I first, the first time I ever did public speaking, my knees were knocking. They were moving three or four feet back and forth. So here I am today. I've worked through my fear to some extent. But still, you could put me in a circumstance you know, I don't know, maybe if the Dalai Lama was listening, I don't know, even though I know he's compassionate, but I might be a little bit anxious. Put the right person there, I might be, but maybe not. But any case, so we see what we're afraid of, we see what goes on in the body, like uh, Sarah was saying, the contraction. A lot of what I found was that there was tremendous contraction in the heart when there's fear. But I think we each localize that fear a little bit differently. And so there was something about uh, just staying with the body, staying with the emotion, noticing the thoughts, doing that over and over again. And it was helpful at times, again, Sarah was mentioning this, to balance that mindfulness of fear, keep oneself balanced by coming back to loving kindness or compassion. The second theme I want to highlight is also mentioned by Syra. This is the willingness to face the fear often leads to the end of fear. So that actually we find what we're afraid of is actually fear, maybe more than the content of the fear. And when we're not afraid of fear, something really shifts. It's very interesting. So a mountain climber can be with fear It's not like fear is not there. There's intelligence to fear, a lot of fear. You know, maybe if our president had had more fear, you know what would not have happened, right? There wasn't the intelligence of fear, perhaps. There was inflation or whatever. Who knows? Um, But there's a way in which the fear can be there. When we're with it, we are not afraid of the fear. And so I wanted to tell... Another story, this was also on a retreat, I was um, doing a longer retreat, and I uh, was living in a cottage, mostly doing the meditations by myself, but I would have the meals with the whole retreat group. And it was going along well, and then I thought, well, I'll, have, I'll go for a little more solitude and I'll start having the meals in my little cottage, which was about, you know, maybe 50 yards away. And so I did that, and when that started to happen, I noticed nausea, contractions around my heart occurring. It was like I tripped some wire that activated fear, right? And I, when I went, you know, and after that, I, I talked with some teachers, I went back to being with the group for meals, and I was no longer afraid. The nausea all went away. So I thought, okay, very good. And then one of my teachers said, what about the fear? And I knew that I had to explore it. So I decided to go back into my cottage, not eat the meals with the group. And so I prepared, I was good. I, I thought, you know, I had this discussion with the teacher in the morning and, and I thought, okay, I'll do it. but. Not for lunch, not yet. I'll do it for dinner. Okay, and so during the whole afternoon, I gave myself a pep talk. I read spiritual books. I got really prepared for the fear. When that nausea and contraction comes, I'll be, I'll be ready. And I, uh, I prepared, I roused myself, I gave pep talks. I got the meal, I went to my own cottage, I sat down. Got ready for the fear, the contractions, the nausea, and nothing happened. Quite a lesson. There was something about being willing to face the fear that in that case that led to the fear evaporating. And I was gonna read a poem, I'm I'm getting close to time. I'll I'll I'll, I'll try to be brief with my last point. This is one about facing fear from the Native American poet Joy Harjo. Some of you may know her work. I release you, my beautiful and terrible fear. I release you, you were my beloved and hated twin, but now I don't know you as myself. I release you with all the pain I would know at the death of my children. You are not my blood anymore. I give you back to the white soldiers who burned down my house, beheaded my children, raped and sodomized my brothers and sisters. I give you back to those who stole the food from our plates where we were starving, when we were starving. I release you fear because you hold these scenes in front of me and I was born with eyes that can never close. I release you, I release you, I release you, I release you. I am not afraid to be angry. I am not afraid to rejoice. I am not afraid to be black. I am not afraid to be white. I am not afraid to be hungry. I am not afraid to be full. I am not afraid to be hated. I am not afraid to be loved. To be loved, to be loved, fear. Oh, you have choked me, but I give you the leash. You have gutted me, but I give you the knife. You have devoured me, but I laid myself across the fire. I take myself back, fear. You are not my shadow any longer. I won't take you in my hands. You can't live in my eye, my ears, my voice, my belly, or my heart. My heart, my heart, my heart. But come here, fear. I am alive, and you are so afraid of dying. Uh, Joyce Harjo on fear. And then the last point I'll be real brief on, it's related to the other points, is about facing fear is ultimately about deeping one's own capacity and learning something important. So that fear can be a sign, I think Jack Kornfield said this once, of something we're about to learn. When we deal with fear, work with fear, something wants to open itself up. And I was thinking in my own experience, there was a time when when I had to say something important in an interpersonal context or a group context, but it was, I was a little scared to do it. I would start shaking. And after a certain point I knew every time I started, started shaking, okay, I got to say it. Does anyone know that one? Probably familiar. Anyone have that similar experience? Yeah. So I would have this experience. Okay. I'm shaking. There's fear. But I got to do it and I I made a commitment every time there was that shaking and that fear I would go ahead and say it and so I was learning something I was learning about being courageous maybe being uh, vulnerable not being in control and the fear was the doorway to that so I'll close with a poem that expresses this this is by Mark Nepo called The Thing About Fear which, which makes this point, I think. We try to avoid it, distract ourselves, even put others in the way, because it makes what is necessary seem monumental. Yet when we stumble over the line, or are loved over the line, or in our exhaustion, fail beyond our pain, beyond our pain, what we feared was a fall to our death, turns out to have been next step. What we feared was a fall to our death turns out to have been the next step. Fear is an invitation to grow, especially when it's in the workable range. <laughs> okay, so we want to open things up, and I think everyone's on the screen, so if you want to You could just uh, raise your hand. Maybe Insaira could take the first one. We'll rotate uh, responding. You could either uh, make a comment or ask a question. Maybe just sit for a moment and see what comes to you. Does anyone want to share? Uh anyone want to share, you could share a story, ask a question, make a comment.
0: Thank you so much, Donald, by the way. That was lovely. I love the uh the poems and the stories that you shared Yeah, thank you. And um and folks, you can just unmute yourself and and begin speaking. Our group is um is small enough, I think that should work fine. And you can direct the question or comment um, for a story or whatever it is um, to Donald or myself or to the group or whatever.
1: could be something like, what What are the fears that are arising in this time of multiple crises? You know, we have at least some people speak about five pandemics, right, of uh, COVID, racial justice, economics, crisis of democracy, climate issues, all, all accelerating. So, yeah, um, looks like uh, Eric, yeah please.
2: Yes. Thanks, Donald. For everyone. uh, I'm I'm co-chair of the Alameda County chapter of a political party with ballot status, which is very leftist. And the following is what I have found have have been good antidotes to fear. One is for us to be with a community, communities whom we feel supported by people who we feel agree with us. Um, Another is for us to um, give ourselves that which is manageable for us to do. That uh, if we've not had a history of uh, being brought up in a family like Paul Robeson's or Martin Luther King's makes really good sense that we would take baby steps and not what people in that family would do and to say that that's enough. And I wonder, Donald, if you would like to, and I also think uh, a key to an antidote to feeling hopeless, helpless, and powerless is a good gratitude practice. And I wonder, Donald, or anyone, if you have any thoughts about this.
1: Yeah, do you, you want to take it, Siren? Any
0: thoughts? Um, you know, um, gratitude is a wonderful place to begin. Um, you know, hearing you speak about, um, I just want to touch on, I heard you say that, um, you know, courage um or feeling more secure, or or being able to tap into that that sense of um, uh, you know courage or fearlessness, is is also um, being surrounded or supported by, by community, um, having a supportive community around you, and it really it really um, touched on something for me because I um, I actually my my partner and I my partner of twenty four years, um, uh, you know. Uh, we just moved from the bay um i am born and raised in the bay area lived there my whole life i lived in oakland for um oh, over well, almost 25 years 24 years and so we've moved um into a completely different culture and um, even though it's just a few hours north and we are um, queer you know And so, um, here, here we are, it's, it's voting time, you know, and all the, you know, the American flags start coming out and, you know, it's, it's all new to me and I was just examining, you know, what it's like, um, when I see that and I don't know what it is, you know, why do I have this feeling, you know, when I see people have five flags in their yard (laughs) and, um. And I know that um, there there is a community, there's people of color here, there's LGBT people here, but people are less likely to be more visible. And so just two nights ago, two days ago, I I, um, I hung not one, um, but three um, pride flags from my, um, my, my, uh, my balcony, my deck. Um, which is visible from the, the road and the lake and so on and i have been fearful before um, and i had questioned why you know what is that fear and so it really hit for me when you said that because it's exactly what that what that is um is that that sense that there's no community the no supportive community but what i came to to recognize is that um the only way that um other people who will, will um, you know find that that sense of uh, courage or community or safety because if I also make myself visible and um, and, uh, and just sort of face you know what then it's it's just a it's just a story you know um, so I decided to, to do that and um, gratitude you know when we are um, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, being grateful, you know whatever it is, whatever calamity, you know, whatever it is that we are turning to face, or whatever it is, you know, this practice it said sometimes is just um, uh, just um, is actually learning to to, uh, to move through our fears, with being with the truth of things. Um, when we're, we're facing the truth of things sometimes um, it can be scary. Um, so whatever the calamity is, um, you know, gratitude when we're touching into just the sacredness of being alive, you know this mystery, um, and just how beautiful it is, whatever the experience, you know, this is what we have signed up to do as humans. And so when we touch into that place, it helps us, you know, our hearts to open and um, whether it's ancestor, whether it's um, the earth, our self, whether it's family, community, whether it's our health, our bodies, our practice, um, abundance. Is all around us, and so that is is such a, a wonderful place to open to. And um, um, I'd be happy if uh, Donald, if you would like to say a little more, or um, if not, if anyone else has something they'd like to share.
1: Maybe just one word, and then we can hear from someone else. Um, I know in uh, doing the work with uh, Joanna Macy, where. We, you know, some of the practices which go into the pain we feel in relation to the world, there's typically the first phase is to touch base with uh, gratitude and appreciation. So, and and I know that's in other ways of going into what's really hard, could be fear, really um, touching base with, uh, with gratitude, appreciation, beauty, and so forth can be very helpful. Maybe another, another. Uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, is that, let's see. Is it Bessie? Rosie. It's okay. Rosie,
0: okay. Rosie.
1: Great, go ahead, Rosie.
3: Hi, um, I wanted to get some of your thoughts. Just a little
1: closer to your mic, maybe.
3: Oh, yeah, for me, uh, fear comes up. Primarily with um, a lack of control. Yeah. So, um, when the fires are raging, we actually lost our house in 93, but <sighs> when fires are, you know, raging. Uh, recently, you know, we were out for a hike and the dog got bitten by a rattlesnake. So things that are um, sort of out of your control or unexpected, um that's when fear comes up for me. Um, And obviously, there's a huge lesson to learn that I can't control things. You know, life is continual change. But it's the learning to um, accept that, I guess, um, that's difficult. So if you could address that um, fear in terms of not being able to control things... (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's an important question. And I think there are many, many layers of that. Uh, And so we can, we can inquire. And again, there are many things that we try to control. And as I think I mentioned, uh, there is uh, often intelligence in some fear. It's not simply delusion at all, right? That, the fire is nearby. I have some fear that tells me how to. Uh, that is important to um, to leave, and so it's really I think to look carefully and some reflection could help, because like the one of the examples I gave from my own experience was that my I, I found at a pretty unconscious level. That I was actually trying to control experience moment by moment, right? And, you know, I don't know if that came out of childhood experience or whatever, but that was something, that was a kind of control that was unwise, or to try to do that. That was, and again, maybe I probably had, had some functional value when I was younger. You know, I think a lot of these do, but they're, you know, the, the wish for control there, the fear of the present moment, it, it was was very restrictive. So I think some reflection could be, is this a wise fear to attend to? Or is there something like in my example, uh, you know, wanting to control my experience made it very hard for me actually to experience the present moment, right? Or to experience joy fully or the sunset fully, right? You know, and so um, that, was, that was a question of control. Of course, something similar can come up in relationships, right? We may have fear uh, and wanting to control. And again, we can inquire. So I think some reflection can help us to know, is that a wise area to, uh, you know, to listen to the fear? Does the fear have intelligence in that area? or or not right and so again when there is survival at stake that's one thing but looking at the two examples I gave of the you know the fear that kind of controls experience or we control try to control other people that we can look at and of course we can reflect that it's actually um, impossible as you were suggesting so it's a great it's a deep topic so thank you for that
0: Thank you. Um, any others before we close?
1: Yeah, we probably have time for one more. It could be a sharing.
3: I could just share that um, a practice that I've been engaged in recently, I, I would say since uh, July has been uh, movement yeah. and not necessarily dance, but nonlinear movement, just moving my body, shaking and um, to get myself out of the fight, flight, or freeze response. So, um, and I do that to music or just, you know, non-music just before I go to bed. So,
0: that's been really helpful for me. Mm, mm-hmm. that's how um, that's how animals deal with fear, you know actually in the wild. Um, you know it's a, it's a it's a treacherous life, right? The wild um, being hunted and um, you know whatever wherever you are on the scale of the, the food chain and um, not really knowing um, you know what's around the next corner. but how do they deal with the fear? you see animals they move, they shake. Um, You know, dogs do it, cats do it, they stretch and they actually release um, the tension, release the fear from their bodies. And um, and so thank you for mentioning that. Very helpful um, for us as humans, um, you know, not to hold things in our bodies. You know, we can sometimes become um, so wrapped around a thing and um, just knots in the body. And so that's beautiful. I have this image of dancing, or uh, stretching, or swinging, or whatever it is. But um, beautiful, thank you. So, um, Eric, and it's good to see you. I haven't seen you into that time.
1: Yeah, thank you, Eric. Do you still work with KPFA?
0: Yes,
3: uh-huh. Yeah, I thank do.
1: you so much for your work. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so we have come to the end of our time together. And um, so why don't we sit for just a moment, and, uh, and I'll offer some merit. Um, so just... Um, maybe taking a a deep breath, allowing what's been said to settle. Taking a moment, perhaps, to acknowledge our hearts, your heart. and noticing what's there, what's living there, what's been living there. And if it feels right, maybe just offering yourself some gratitude and some appreciation for arriving here this evening. Engaging your practice being with community. And it feels right we can extend that sense of appreciation to everyone who has arrived here, this very special constellation of hearts and minds. Just right for this evening. So we can take whatever benefit, whatever um, goodness, whatever it is we have enriched with each other just by gathering. And we're supporting each other. And so we'll take that benefit, that merit. And you can allow that sense, that feeling, that intention, whatever it is, and you can allow it to move through the heart. And so moving through, moving out in all directions, reaching all beings everywhere. May all beings find happiness, find peace among these tides. May all beings find courage, find fearlessness and may all be my freedom. With that, I thank
1: you for your practice. Thanks, everyone. And thank you so much. Yeah. And we thank you in advance for uh, the the Donna, the offerings, uh, both to the teachers and to uh, EBMC. So thank you in advance for that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, if you want to unmute Bye, Yeah. If you want to unmute yourself, something I I don't know if you do this, Sarah, but I like to oh, let everyone unmute I yourself know. and we can say goodbye. Or, Bye. Bye Good night,
0: everybody.
1: Good night, everyone.
0: Good, Good night. Good night.
1: Thank you, Sarah.
0: Thank you so much, Donald. Such a pleasure. And thank you, Shay. Thank you, Shay. a wonderful volunteer. Thank you for your help. And thank you for everyone who, sh- who
1: shared. Hi, Eric. Bye bye. Good
2: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit slash donate.